Hi, everybody. Hey. Hi. We're uh, a year old. We're a year old. Our <laughs> podcasts have survived a year, and it's been it's been incredible. And we wanted to kind of sit down, the three of us in the room, Mike Canary, Richard Chinqui, Tara Callaghan. We all wanted to figure out <laughs> – Tara's mic is falling apart. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we wanted to do a kind of a year in retrospective and talk about the show and talk about the songs we heard. So um, about the ways the songs we heard have connected to our worlds and how they've propagated out into the world, which we're seeing – yeah. So what we did was uh, we each of us had to pick three songs that uh, guests brought. They had to be songs that our guests brought to us over the year and uh, pick ones that we've kind of adopted with our own song stories or connections to the show with them. Because it's it's honestly pretty bizarre. You don't have to raise your hand. I, well, I'm just making sure so you guys know I'm going to talk because then we'll just yeah. talk. We'll be running all over each other. I don't know. You guys have maybe not seen us all in a group unless you've been uh, a guest on the episode. But we have a tendency to maybe get really excited about ideas and things we're talking about. So I'm being polite. And I, this is actually my first time on a podcast yeah. ever. Uh, usually I'm interviewing people. I've never been on. I've never been on a podcast. Oh, wait, no, wait. I make one. <laughs> So, you're on one every week. I'm always behind the scenes, so you don't really get to hear me too much. But I did not think that these songs would then impact me outside mm-hmm. of three song stories. So, but really now when I hear them, in some ways I, I had direct correlations with the songs already. Some songs maybe I wasn't so familiar with. Uh, but, you know, the, the three I chose, some of them were just because two, I just love the story so much. One of them may or may not be about Richard. And then one, I actually have a direct uh, my own story that kind of goes along with that person's story. So I'm just, I'm excited to do this. Yeah, I can't believe it's already been a year. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I remember when Richard and I first got started, we created a folder and we said, you know, here's how we're going to do the structure. And, you know, here's the first episode and here's the second episode. And I think Richard said something like, you know, at some point that's like going to be like a full folder. And then we're going to have to create like a 2019 folder. And that just seemed like crazy talk. Yeah, but but here we are. And I mean, and I have a folder that's, you know, a three inch thick binder in my office with all the scripts. And we're going to create a new one for the next year. And and we're just so stoked to be doing this and have people listening to it and enjoying it and hearing the feedback and all that cool stuff. Yeah. So whether you've been listening from the beginning, Beginning, um, or if you just picked it up, if this is your first episode, uh, thanks for listening, guys. It, it makes a big difference to us to see the downloads, to see people commenting on Facebook and just letting us know that, that they like the show. Um, we, we enjoy making it, and I think we would make it for, for like one person <laughs> if we had to. We could we make it for that one person yeah. in Kenya. Hi, Kenya. Hey, yeah. Hi, Kenya, Kenya guy. We're, we're yeah. following you back now. Yeah, actually, <laughs> Kenya, yeah, Kenya person, if you, if you want to send an email yeah, to my song story at WGCU.org, we'd love to, you know, get Get in touch. That'd yeah. be wonderful. So, um, okay, so I wanted to ask, I guess, to start before we do any of the songs. Ooh, questions. Yeah, what went the way? Yeah, Mike and Tara don't know about the questions that I wrote. Uh, <laughs> what went the way for the show this year, uh, the way you saw in your head, and what was super different? I think the way that, that, that went, the way I saw in my head, which thank goodness it did, was when we first came up with this idea, I think the way we described it was we felt like we had reinvented fire because it was something yeah. so obvious, yet nobody was doing Someone it. Someone was going to make it. And right. it was going to get made some way, one way or another. And it almost felt like maybe we would, it would, somebody else would make it at the same time and it would spring up uh, adjacent to us or something. But now we're a year in. 
uh, the idea continues to spread like wildfire. You continue to give it to a person and you see their eyes look up into their head and they start to do the math themselves. So something just the just the idea of the show has its own sort of meme strength. Mm-hmm. You oh, know? Yeah. And that's something that I saw, but I was afraid that was, you know, hopeful seeing. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I think turned out the way that I thought it would in a great way. The surprising part, hmm. I don't know. I think it's honestly the reactions that people have given us that I didn't know even listened. So the fact that so many people that I am friends with, they're like, oh, you know, I I love three song stories. I love what you're doing. And people, even family in other states and around, you know, around the country are telling me that they really enjoy what we're doing, what you guys are doing, you know, and what what I kind of help add to the whole thing with the whole digital aspect. Because this is, I think, a fun fact. I came up with the three song selfie, obviously being the digital social media Maven, into it. and they did not think it would be a good idea, but you guys love it, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, selfies are kind of lame in that whole selfie culture, but this is a different way. You yeah, know, this is like appropriate that selfie. Personal touch the way we so <laughs> so. Just to be clear, we make I mean, we make our guests take the selfie with my phone, and yes. we give them no direction, and that's why they each have their own flavor, their own blur, their or own, their own yeah. hilarity behind and, them. And back to what surprised me, I guess it's sort of obvious, but what surprised me is, um, you know, you 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 are surprised. Surprised oftentimes by the kind of songs that will be chosen by a guest that mm. you don't expect. You know, you don't you don't expect Charles Runnels to be a metalhead. You don't, yeah. you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. I have the perfect story, actually. One of mine is the perfect what we didn't expect story. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so that that was mine as well, Mike. I, I knew going in that that asking people to kind of reveal something about themselves through music was going to work because every time we in there was like this beta period where we were giving away the pilot version mm-hmm. um, to people to for feedback and I could see every time somebody had heard it they'd come back and go that's going to work no matter who you ask that like people will open up and and that's been pretty true I sometimes the the music to the person match did not go the way I expected and we would get songs and I would be like Really, you know, and so th- those would catch us flat-footed, I think. Even. Yeah. Um, but then, but then, it's part of the first part. Like it was revelatory because you would you would just watch somebody open up in a way a song that you'd never think they would they would listen to or share yeah. share that they listen to. Yeah. Um, that was that was well. Cool. And the other thing that surprised me is is how some people have been so willing to open up so much. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody has to draw the line where they're going to open up. But like the Frank Mann episode was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. I mean, it was. Oh, I know. Uh, so open-hearted yeah. and so like, here's the curtain. I'm pulling it back, and this is me. And that's what the music thing allows for in a way that normal radio interviewing just doesn't do. We even had live music with Bill Metz in here. Ah, yes. My favorite <laughs> moment, maybe. Yes. That's pretty solid. Um, all right. Um, what, uh, what thing did we, did we really get right this year? Like what did we go for that you think was like that was really good? I'm glad we did it. Hmm. Um, the Writers Conference. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm glad we thought that up. I'm glad Tom DeMarkey was on board. I'm glad we pulled it off. I'm glad we're going to be doing it again this mm-hmm. year. So that's one that I was really happy about. Um, and just, you know, we've, I think, had great guests. And I think that we've um, – I love that we've had everything from just people who the intro is, this is my friend from high school, and they tell these awesome stories, yeah. or all the way to, this is a, you know, a best-selling novelist, and there's awesome stories. So, you know, that's, I, I just think, the breadth of guests. And I'm looking forward to year two, because we're going to b- broaden it out even farther. I'm trying to get a Boston Red Sox pitcher on to start that process yesterday. Oh, geez. 
I'm trying to think, honestly. I mean, what went well? I'm like, in my head, what didn't really go well? Because we really weren't sure what to expect or how people would receive anything that we were doing. Or like we said before, if it's just for that one person or who it would be for. Uh, I think that we learned something from every single episode, from every guest. You could kind of hear that we got a bit more relaxed and a bit more in tune and okay with, I think, being ourselves. Because, you know, in order to get someone else to bring out their innermost thoughts and feelings because some of these songs took people down a, a dark path, a sad path, extremely happy, so that the range of emotions was was everywhere from A to B. Uh, so I think we just learned something with every episode. I love the du- the duet type episodes that we oh, did. Oh, Amy Bennett oh, Williams. Yes. And, yeah, then Roger, that was exactly. awesome. So I think it's just fun and we haven't been afraid to try different things and I think that we only will just keep progressing from here, honestly. Yeah, what about you, Richard? Well, I, I'm going to change my answer because Tara's right. I think that that was probably the best thing that we tried. Like, we were just like, how are we going to do two people? They wanted to be on together. We didn't want to say no, but, you know, this was going to be a different episode than the rest. And I think that that was a really good way to approach it. For those of you who didn't uh, hear that one, we had a married couple on, and um, each of them were could have been just spectacular guests on their own. They wanted to go together. So we did one song from him and one song from her, and they had to be from before they met. And then the third song had to be a song that they ha- share a story together. And it came out so perfectly that um, we couldn't have planned it better uh, yeah. if we had known. So um, That's Amy Bennett Williams and Roger Amy Williams Bennett, yes. for the yeah. uninitiated. Um, I think that uh, what I was going to say, what, what we really got right, um, what did we really get right? I wrote this question. I don't have an answer to it. Um, <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny how uh, that yeah, works? in the spot. Um, I think that – I think we learned to go for it on guests mm-hmm. um, from early on David Brancaccio, yeah, Jesse to Thorne, Jesse Thorne mm-hmm. and then to Joshua Johnson. We learned to not be afraid to ask guests who might laugh at the idea of this show Yeah, yeah. because two things. One, if they say no, then we didn't have them before we asked, so that's fine. And two, none of them have done that yet. Every right. single time we ask somebody big, even if, even if they bow out, they're like, I love that idea. I can't. Yeah, like we won't name him, but there was a very famous guitarist <laughs> who was going to be in town. And we're talking, this is a guy who's played with everybody. Yeah. And he said he was down for it. But at the very last minute, he sent us an email and he said, look, it's just I can't do this honestly without opening up too much yeah. for you know for who I am, for yeah. the career I've had. Mm-hmm. And and it was like, well, that's a bummer. But it was also like, what a great compliment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he 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 – he he revealed for us how revealing this concept can be yeah. by not doing it because he it was too too deep for him. And some of the guests we've gotten too, I mean, they understand the concept to a degree until I think they get here and we kind of explain mm-hmm. that to them a bit more and then when they kind of realize when it's over, we've hear we've heard constantly that wow, that was therapeutic. Yeah, therapeutic. That made this I should be paying feel, you for this. Yeah, it makes <laughs> them feel really good even if they're talking about memories that aren't that good or kind of yeah. sour or, you know, have a kind of a bitter note for them. It's just that music therapy. And I'm a huge audiophile. So for me, I can probably tie almost every memory to a song. Yeah. So, okay. So on the note of re- realization through music, uh, Mike, I think I know what your first song is, but go ahead and tell us. Uh, the first song I'm going to pick is uh, uh, Shambhala or The Halls okay. of Shambhala okay. by Three Dog Night. Okay. And the reason is it was a song that, uh, so I collect the music. Uh, for the show, um, I do not listen to the songs before we sit down in the studio. So if it's a song I happen to have heard before, okay, it's in my brain, but I haven't listened to it fresh. This was a song that I had never heard before, Three Dog Night. I'm a familiar with Three Dog Night, but I had never heard the song. We listened to it together, the story. This was Megan Kissinger's episode um, 
I don't have the episode numbers in front of me, even oh, though I had the document. I, I, I created a document for that. Um, but no, it was, it was about how this song had been following her around during a time of, um, well, it was preceding a time of great transition for her in her life. And suddenly this song, once the transition hit, rang completely true and it was like she had this moment where she was on her back porch and she was painting this painting with these um, you know marine animals that are all uh, migrating and she was getting ready to migrate to a new place and it was just this great story and we listened to the song it was the first time I'd ever heard it and like two weeks later I'm in Home Depot picking up a truck I was renting standing there waiting tapping my foot and this song comes on and I'm like holy cow like I know this song, and suddenly I'm standing on the back porch with Megan Kissinger mm-hmm. in front of her painting because of her story and because of this song. And I've heard it once since, and the same thing happened. So for me now, for the rest of my life, this song will take me back to her memory. And that's so me, that's like emblematic of the virality of how music and memory works and what it is we're tying together. So hopefully, hopefully we're creating these moments for some of you, too. So, uh, okay, so let's listen to, uh, it's, it's from episode 27, Megan Kissinger's episode. Um, this is Halls of Shambhala by Three Dog Night. Yeah, so I hear that. I'm in Home Depot. I'm with Megan Kissinger. How does that work, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's surprising how our our premise that we're so familiar with now after a year of doing this and explaining it to more people than that still kind of sneaks up on you. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, this is how songs work and memories and stories. And then you get one and you're like, oh, yeah, it still does it. But it's almost funny because now that's that's your memory. Her memory is now your memory. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And, and it's almost like you you were there in, in a strange way, especially when we hear these people talk about in detail, you know, when it it's – it's really beautiful, honestly, not to sound super cheesy yeah. there, but it really is. And I didn't I didn't anticipate that it would have such an impact on me as an individual either, just mm. obviously being part of the show behind the curtain. Usually with Richard, mm. we're always bopping along to the songs or songs we've never heard. We're like, wait, what is this? What is this? We write it down. We put it in our, you know, uh, Spotify or whatever kind of playlist that we're working on. But we do that constantly. So we're in there dancing with them and we just go along this whole ride. So it, it's, it's really yeah. it's a good experience overall. And the other thing that I just want to throw out there is, is it, about 10 episodes in, I remember thinking what this does is it turns people into their best storyteller. Yeah. And I've used that in the intro a few times, that kind of language. But yeah, we found that, you know, if, you, if this is one of your three songs and you're telling a story about it, you're not trying to tell a story. You are the story. You are in your head. You are yeah. in the story. And that, I think, is what's coming through during mm-hmm. these interviews. And, and you've had to whittle away because no one has three. Everyone has 10 or 20 and they, they got to bring it down yeah. to three. So, like, you become the best storyteller by way of, of removing the less – the, the not the best. Even the good stories are not good enough if you got to pick three. So and the pure honesty, yeah. that we've gotten oh, from people. I I wasn't even sure about that as well because I mean some of the people we've had on, you know, they're professors at you know universities. Yeah. They're they're professional environments. Speakers, they're talking yeah. about these you know stories from their youth that mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't. Maybe I, there was a youthful indiscretion. Yeah, involved. maybe some sort of indiscretion. Maybe some sort of recreational elevation or <laughs> you know something along those lines. And and that's just really cool because you know we're all people. Man, yeah. you know, like yeah, just man. because just because I'm a teacher doesn't mean I got it. I didn't get into some trouble back in the day. <laughs> it was a bad idea. <laughs> what she said. It was a bad idea. Uh, okay, so Tara, uh, you're right about the dancing. By the way, I love when they dance. I Me love, too. I love when they dance. Um, can you? Uh, what's your What's your your song? 
Okay, so I think I'm going to go because I didn't want to. I'll try to break it up a little bit. Okay. So since I brought up earlier that there is a song, and I've been singing this song all day throughout the halls now. Yeah. Uh, it's "You Belong with Me" by Taylor Swift. Everyone gasped. They're like, "Tara, <gasps> Taylor what? Swift. Taylor Swift?" But only because uh, of of what it was about. So should we listen to it a little bit first, or should I yeah. just talk about it? Uh, let's listen to it. Let's listen I like to it. That. Okay. You belong with this me. is "You Belong with Me" by what's her name? What's her name? <laughs> you know that one blonde that's super popular in pop music, Taylor I Swift. I couldn't pick her out of a three person lineup. <laughs> So Richard and I were dancing. I yep. may or may not have sang quite a bit of that. I was dancing in my head. <laughs> uh, so this is this brings you back to Eric Raditz. And I listened to this right when it went live. Uh, I happened to just be up and I was like, oh, Three Song Stories is live. You know, it's what what time, Richard, it goes live? Uh, 1 a.m. on Friday morning. Yes, thank you. A little drop right so there. So no matter when you I wake. remember that when you were listening to that. I'm <laughs> like, you already listened to it. I'm yeah. still awake. Yeah, I was, I was still, yeah, because I'm an old lady. I usually go to bed at like nine or something. So anyway, uh, I was still awake and it was Eric Raditz. And if you know him at all, uh, he he's a pretty cool guy, honestly. I mean, I've only met him once or twice, but just the stories I've heard, especially from Mike with the he film is fest days, a character. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Uh, he's an interesting fella. Uh, so he describes basically a girl sport coats and sneakers. Yeah, sports and, and sunglasses. Cool dude. Uh, so <laughs> he describes this moment. Um, between a girl uh, that he had just kind of vibed with for a very long time, but they both were in relationships. Uh, He had gotten out of said relationship and she was still with her boyfriend. He was just like, I don't care. I'm going to text you this, you know, profess my love to you. Well, I just showed my boyfriend that text and now he wants to kick your butt, you know, that whole thing. Uh, Eventually, she breaks up with the boy. They finally get together for coffee, which turns into happy hour, which turns into karaoke night. And they wound up singing this song at each other and... You know, time passes. They are now married. I love that. Yeah, I, I just love the story. Like, it's just, it was so cute. They got engaged and they're married, obviously, you know, the whole thing. Uh, but I kind of thought I was sitting, I remember very specifically this song comes to mind for me as a kind of separate thing. Uh, I went to St. Augustine to hang out with a gentleman that I was kind of interested in at the time. And he just was sort of a jerk. And I was remember I was listening to the song like, yeah, like, you know, you belong with me and you were so sweet and this whole thing. And then we hung out and I was like, God, it's been a few years since I hung out with you and you don't belong with me. You do not belong with me. So I thought it was just kind of funny that I had a very opposite uh, sort of story with that. But I just loved his story. And it was just such a, especially with his collections of songs that he chose as a, a juxtaposed to Taylor Swift. Yeah. And he was like, don't judge me. Don't and you know what? Me. Don't judge me, everyone, because I know you expected me to pick other songs. So. I have a real quick side story I have to throw out there. So at their wedding, they got married on the steps of the Sydney and Burn Davis Arts Center in downtown mm-hmm. Fort Myers. They had the street closed off. I actually was the DJ for the wedding. So I was <laughs> I was playing the music like, you know, the pre-music yeah. and then Were you doing the microphone like everybody to the dance? Oh no, floor no, no, no. I wasn't I, I wasn't the, I wasn't the, the Chicken G, dance uh, the, now. Al MC. Holland our episode oh, whatever. Okay. He was the MC during the actual <laughs> okay. reception, but I was just the guy like playing the stuff and the point is so she comes 36. around the, She comes around the corner in a horse-drawn carriage. Ooh. Pulls right up to the red carpet. Goes to get out. And I'm so, like, transfixed that I forgot that I'm supposed to hit Here Comes the Bride. And one of the one of the I mean it only there was like a six second pause basically. <laughs> but, Mike. But, but the, I know the uh, one of the bridesmaids looks over and gives me this like I'm gonna freaking kill you look. <laughs> and so I reached out and I hit play and I thank God I hit the right play button because it all worked out in the end. But yeah, there was this moment where everybody was like, 
why is the player yeah. the bride? You know how you, and I think they sang Taylor Swift at their wedding to each other. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Do and Al Holland sang only you to their first oh my dance. Gosh. <laughs> so do you know? How, do you know how you deflect that? The anger from the bride. You, you were so beautiful yeah. that I couldn't move. Like, I was captivated by like, you. Wear an uglier dress next time. Um, so, okay. <laughs> next well, time. So Eric, <laughs> uh, Eric Raditz, uh, that's episode five. If you yeah. want to go back and listen to that, it, it is a really cute, romantic, touching story. So, um, and he, he was so good at the beginning of our show because he just, he came out swinging. We were mm-hmm. like. He was the first person who we recorded yeah. an episode yeah. beyond the pilot. We didn't release his till episode five. Right. He was the first person beside, besides Richard. He was going to be on. We, so we it's like, Eric, you'll be a perfect test case. Come in and you, so go back and listen to it. It's good times. Yeah. And then we kind of knew, I think this is it. Well, with the Richards, we would do. I think we all oh, knew. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. uh, my first song uh, is uh, What's Going On, Going On by uh, Marvin Gaye. Um, so that is the first song other than my episode on the show. Um, the f- episode one with Bob Grissinger, um, who some of some people around here know as Bennett or Bob Bennett. There's C. A, David Bennett C. David is what Bennett, it was, yeah. yes. Um, there's a donut shop in town that's kind of uh, popular and famous. <laughs> and um, when when he left his broadcasting job of how long, Mike? Twenty years, thirty yeah, years? Twenty five, thirty yeah. years, probably. Um, he he opened up this shop, and it's it's this like staple for people who live in the area. But a lot of people don't know about this other thing that he used to do. And the the song for for Bob was about um, kind of social change and him becoming aware of it uh, when when he heard the song uh, when he was young. For me, it was it's it's intrinsically it's tied to the show because we did this episode, and then later um, last year we I I went on a, on a trip to New York with my wife, and we were on our anniversary trip, and we were out in a dumpling shop, and this song comes on through the speakers in the ceiling. And I didn't recognize why – I didn't know why I recognized it, but I knew I knew it. I was like, I've heard this song a hundred times, but recently. <laughs> and when it happened – like she saw me stop eating and she was like, what? What? And I was like, don't talk. I need to, I need to hear and think. I, something's happening to my brain. I figured it out that it was our very first song. I took my phone out and recorded like 30 seconds of me listening to it, like selfie style. And then I sent it to Mike. Yep. And he sent back like, that's our first song. That's like, Bob's that's, first that's song. Yeah. That's Bob's first song. So like this song found me in the wild, kind of like Halls of Shambhala, where I'm sure I heard it before that, but I, I couldn't tell you about it before that. And then, you know, just a few months after doing the episode, it stopped me in my tracks or in my in mid, mid noodle, mid dumpling. Um, <laughs> so uh, I guess let's listen to it. This is um, from episode one of Three Song Stories about a year ago. Um, this is uh, What's Going On by Barbara King. So, Mike, that was a song that I wasn't really familiar with before we started the show. Um, like I said. Before. Yeah, I was a little surprised when you said that you that was like a firster for you. Because, I mean, that song to me is fairly pervasive in the culture. Yeah. I just uh, – I, listen, if you can't pick Taylor Swift out of a lineup, <laughs> I – Different I, culture. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I, I just uh, – you know, it's not something I would have noticed even if I had, had heard it. Um, is there a song that you um, – never expected to like from like that happened during the show is there never you know, expected or, or to like like. A, like a band that you thought boy i didn't expect to enjoy that as much as i did i don't know if there's anyone that that surprised i mean there, there was a couple that i had never heard of that i really liked mm-hmm. but i don't know if there was any one that i i don't know i'm pretty open-minded about music even though i don't necessarily know who's singing what i i i believe that you had not heard any 
Anthrax before? Oh no, what? I had not heard any Anthrax. Not well, not mindfully. Not like, oh, I'm listening to Anthrax. Yeah, that was that was the one um, that was, did surprise me because it was way more um, like musical theater than I expected it yeah. to be. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, you said. I think you said like theatrical. Or yeah, something it was like more. That. It was. It was. It was. I just expected it to just Charles be. Charles right. But it was like you know, it had movements and it had ups and downs and it had like an elasticity that I did not expect. So yeah, that's a good call. I think on that one. What about you, Darren? Oh God, I love. All kinds of music. I mean, literally almost every single solitary genre. So okay. if anything, it was just like, oh, I never heard the song by this artist. I can't think of one off the top of my head sure. right now. Um, but that's that's probably pretty much what it was. Like, oh, I hadn't heard this song. Or um, Bill Metz, I mean, the songs that he chose were wonderful. Usually mm. anything that's soulful, mm-hmm. I'll wind up mm-hmm. you know, having a bit more. I can resonate a bit more with that, I think. Uh, but nothing necessarily surprises me, I think, in terms of music, I guess, because of just my own likes. Uh, it can go from, you know, like black metal to hip hop to pop, then back to like grunge or, you know, grind or something like that. So, or Taylor, yeah, so pop, you know, Taylor Swift, get down <laughs> with that. So, yeah, I'm all over the place. Um, well, then, in, in considering that, did you become a fan of any bands? through this show not necessarily no. no i'm waiting a little bit to find something that i'm just like oh my gosh i didn't know about this uh but i'm still waiting what about you mike because you know sometimes we ask people yeah to yeah yeah well you know and there's one that i i wish i had and i i'm gonna go and do this now because the one that popped into my head is um um tom demarkey's the one about being in europe and they were driving um he was driving with his friends. I can't remember the name of the band, mm. but I remember going, oh, now that's a band that I'm going to like. You and can, I just, you, you know, yeah, oh, I just, yeah, I, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. But um, that was one that resonated with me. Like, never heard of these guys. They're not really popular at all. There's no reason I would have, but I know I will like them. But, you know, we're on such a hamster wheel around here that it's hard <laughs> to even remember the episodes that oh, we've yeah. done, yeah. let alone like follow up on the things that you think during them. Like, ooh, I should check them out. The next thing you know, you know you're know, you back into the grind. And it's a bit easier for us on. since we're in the booth, Richard, myself, because yeah, yeah. We, can, we can, I can, can pull it right up on my yeah, phone yeah. or something since yeah. I'm usually doing some socializing. I have the same thing happen to me because I can tell you which one it is that I really liked, and I can't tell you who they are because I can't remember the name now, um, but Tommy Eberhardt. Mm-hmm. He he mentioned a band, and I'll have to go back and listen. Um, oh, yeah. uh, he uh, and I did go back and listen to like a whole bunch of their music. Um, he he talked about a band that was like like eighties. Oh no, maybe it was Sinelli. I think it was Sinelli. He like it was like eighties music brought back to life with all the things. You know, big key change after the bridge. Um, you know, like big uh, like a solo that's just a hair too long. Um, yeah, yeah. All the all the eighties tropes, and it's but it's a current band. They actually came to Fort Myers like right after that. Um, and I went home and I did listen to a lot of them. So I'm sure he's going to send me a message after he hears this. Sinelli, if you hear this, please tell me the name of that band again because I can't remember. <laughs> but I did love it. Um, I, I have to say that um, my, my second song that we'll get to in a little bit, that is one that I became kind of a, a short-term fan of afterwards. And I listened over and over and over and over again. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, I have to ask, is there a song? And you were sitting in the room here, Mike. So this is this is – Especially, this goes double for you. Did were there any songs that made you cry in here? A guest song. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was it was the song and the story. Sure. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't just the song. Sure. Um, but yeah, like I mean, Cole. You know his yeah. his mm-hmm. his, his yep. third song. We kind of had to hold it together. Uh, Milty, his first song. We had to hold it together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Megan, you know the episode that came out a few weeks Absolutely. ago. Obviously, we we didn't hold it together. If we, you haven't we, right, if you haven't heard Megan, like I said during the episode, yeah. we blubbered. Buckle up. Um, 
Yeah, I think those are the only ones that I had to really fight the crying urge on. You know, actually, at the end of the Lydia Black episode, uh, you can hear me kind of tear up because mm-hmm. it was so like personal because it was like she's like my favorite person sort of. And so we got to do this and have this real personal time together. So just, you know, that episode was very touching to me. So that would be one. Your yeah. parting tune um, about your daughter. Which one was oh, that? This, with the, the sloth. The sloth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that I was in. I'm about the, to cry just thinking. Oh, I was in the booth and I just got, I yeah. have it now. We, we watched the it. The Frisian. And Richard and yeah, I watched it I, in there. I brought it up so on the on the screen in the in the studio so that uh, Tara and I could watch it in the same time. Yeah, as the and that's music. a story that I can't even tell without getting teary-eyed. And I'm not even going to try right Don't, now. You're okay. Go back and find it, people. Yeah, go <laughs> yeah. back, go back and find. And that's a parting tune to. Yeah. I can't remember what honestly episode. It's so early. I yeah, it it's was an the earlier. Big, big World, PBS Big World. The theme at the very end where the sloth would say goodbye and he'd put his hand up on the TV. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> the story is the sweetest thing. Uh, also, one of my three songs that I'm going to choose today. Um, yeah, it's a bit emotional for me. By the way, that sloth song—I think I can say this without crying—but um, I don't know if I said it in my parting tune. But we're going to dance at her wedding to that. Oh, yeah. Mike. Yeah. We're all just like. <gasps> I'm holding it together. Booklet. Okay, let's move Booklet. on. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Talk amongst yourself. So for me, uh, for me, it was actually um, Frank Mann's third song. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, I, yeah. I, yeah. I was whole definitely. This episode was great. I mean, not that they all aren't great like, in their own way, but. Ooh, uh, it's just, it, it, it's reaching, right? It's just like that, that, the devotion in that song and stretching out for somebody like that. Is... And, and the way he flipped it to a song about the future yeah. meant that what we were talking about had yet to happen so we could literally almost be a part of it somehow mm-hmm. someday mm-hmm. and that was all very very intense for me being you know him being who he is and his mom and his family being who they are for me to be in the studio having such a personal moment with a person like that was really intense for me so yeah. if anybody hadn't heard the Frank Mann episode man check it out it's very good all right. Uh, so second songs, Mike Canary, go. Well, I mentioned the Lydia Black episode and how I really liked it. Um, it was also one of the very first ones that we recorded. I think think she was second or third in terms of recording. Mm-hmm. She was maybe fourth or fifth in terms of release. She, no, she's episode two. Oh, she's episode two. Okay. Yeah. Well, episode two. Um, her, I think it was her second song. I don't remember if it was her first or her second song, but it was House on Pooh Corner mm-hmm. uh, by Kenny Loggins from the TV or the animated Pooh movie back in the day. And I I bring it up for several reasons. One, I just thought it was something really uh, touching in a way that I didn't know anything about that and how it fit into her life. I know her family very well. They're kind of family to me. Um, my daughter, Gwen, her nickname was Gwenna the Pooh when mm-hmm. she was little. So it was kind of like that all tied it together. And, you know, who doesn't love Kenny Loggins, right? Um, but the reason I bring it up into for this you know show today is because it was the first evidence that I saw of another person telling me that this song was following them around. So photographer mm. Mila Bridger, who lives here in town, she sent a video from Hawaii of a guy at an open mic playing house on Pooh Corner and said, this song is following me around. So do you just get messages from people like me and her? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that your life now? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's gonna it's, get it's only gonna get worse. I know. It's only gonna get better, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's hear a little uh, house on Pooh Corner. Uh, and, and this is a song, by the way, that that um, Lydia's family has always sung to their kids. So you know, it was sung to Lydia. Lydia sings it to Emerson with you know with Chris and the whole nine yards. So uh, let's hear hear a little bit of this Pooh Corner. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to go on the record here and say that the world needs more poo energy. Just put it out there. Yeah. Poo, poo, Mr. Rogers, bring it all together. Let's For real. Po- put it up into a big thing and make that be what's cool. I yeah. think that's a lot. That's what a lot of people are like into though right now. Oh man, I Let's hope the the Christopher Robin movie. Oh yeah. That that, that crushed me. It went <laughs> that was record. so it was so good. Um, okay. Uh, so speaking of lullabies, you mentioned that that's Lydia Black's kind of their family's ongoing lullaby. Right. Tara Calligan, go. So my second song is actually from the pilot episode with Mr. Richard Chinqui. Hey. Uh, so he can obviously tell this story uh, much better than I can. But I suggest that you honestly go back and you listen to the first ever episode, our pilot episode with mm-hmm. Richard. Uh, he tells this amazing story. So I've had the pleasure of meeting uh, Richard's family, his wife, Chrissy, and their beautiful, beautiful daughter, Zoe. She is such a vibrant, smart as a whip little girl. She is going to be someone to like – Oh man! Yeah, Yeah, for real. That's that's just the words out of my mouth. Was about to say. Oh my goodness, she is just she's just such a dynamic little thing, honestly. Uh, But so Richard describes uh, the day that she was born and that Chrissy had just fallen asleep finally. You know, after such a tiring ordeal. You know that obviously giving birth is Mm. Uh, Richard as being the emotional support human, you know, throughout that entire uh, experience. So uh, I guess, you know, Zoe was fussing a bit. She was starting to cry and get a little bit. So Richard finally got to hold her for a long period of time at, at this particular moment that he describes in his episode. And he hums to her. The first thing that comes to mind is, uh, I can't remember the tune, but it's from Legend of Zelda 64. So, lawn, lawn, rain. Yeah, so, yes, thank you. So it's this. It's I called it Epona's song. The title on the soundtrack mm-hmm. is Lawn, Lawn, Ranch, and it's the one that you use for the for the horse. <laughs> yes. So, but it's just how he describes it, and yeah. and why it popped into his so mind is because he's not only thinking of trying to comfort his brand new baby daughter, his first child, but. Chrissy's trying to finally sleep. So he's, well, what can I think of that doesn't have lyrics that's going to pop to my head that's going to maybe be soothing to her? And that was the first thing that popped in my head. And to this day, uh, she asks him to hum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime that she's, you know, needing to be comforted, you know, those wake up in the middle of the night type mm-hmm. things, she asks him to this day to hum. And yeah, it's she's that. she's six now and it still, it still works yeah. almost instantly. Oh, I got goosebumps still. And I didn't cry. I almost cried before we came in here when I was thinking about it. But it just brings – my face hurts from smiling so much from it. And you just look so bashful now. So yeah. you can't see it, but he looks very bashful and adorable. And, but, and, yes. and, and, and I have listened to the pilot episode like four or five times because mm-hmm. uh, I listened to it a lot at the beginning. And I've gone back and listened to it just to see how it holds up. And, it, and I've said this before. Yeah. If we can only do that good, we would be killing it. That's yeah. why I'm so happy with how the year has turned out because it was such a great start. And it was such a great that, – that song and that story is such a great example of that theater of the mind, power of radio because you're like right there with them. I, I, I can see it in my head. And I have no idea what it maybe looked like, you know, but to me that, I mean, just everything's there at the dim room. Chrissy's trying to sleep. He's fine. But finally holding his daughter for the first long yeah. period of time ever. You have to you have to go back again. Pilot episode. So episode one, you have, right to, you have to listen to it. It's I, I cannot do it justice well, at all. Well, let's listen to it. 
I'm f- not crying. You're I, crying. I, I forgot one when you asked me what songs made me cry during the recording. And in retrospect, I'm pretty sure that one did because it's Sarah's crying. I'm just like blinking a bunch. Sure, 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 still hits pretty good. Oh, there's something in my eye, and it's tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, that that. I, I think you said when when that song ended, if I remember the episode, you said like looks like you went somewhere with that. Or something. I did, yeah, I and, did. I said looks like you went a long way. Yeah, and and it really does. Um, we know how how songs work. We know how the show works. But even then, like it still happens. You can't. It's really hard to protect against it happening, um, which is part of the reason why we do it. Um, Thanks, Tara, for bringing for making that your song because yeah. I don't often get to you know it's not a song I run into a lot right in, in my day to day. Yeah, well, and it's cool that it's um, it, it represents mu- music, um, the breadth of what music can be, you know, because that's in your life because of your love of video games. Yeah. and mm-hmm. so suddenly, like, it's this jump from from I'm a gamer to I'm a dad, and it all ties together in oh, exactly. a way that you know it's it's um, music's not just somebody going into a studio and being a rock and roll person or a yeah. symphonic person or whatever. It's it's in our culture everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I also can't wait for her to, to play that game and realize. Yeah. That this, this is the but thing. that's part of his everyday life. You know what I mean? Now, yeah, yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. So that's to, to six it. years later. And I remember asking during the episode if that maybe would be a first dance song someday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you I mean, said, hey, it's up to her. <laughs> she's, if she wants to dance to that, I'll dance to it. Yeah. I got no problem. Um, all right. So my song, uh, my third song is um, from Charles. Ru- my second song. Sorry. Yeah. My second song is from uh, Charles Runnels episode. Uh, which is episode 41, uh, Charles Reynolds, the uh, music reviewer. He's like the main arts reporter for the news arts. press. Yeah. Um, and uh, Metalhead. He's a metalhead. Metal. And if you passed him on the street, <laughs> if you passed him on the street, you'd never, ever catch that. Um, he just he just looks, you know, buttoned down, buttoned up, whichever direction that is. And uh, But, man, he is, he's a big Slayer guy. He's a big Anthrax guy. Um, and uh, he... He so so when I found that out, I was excited about that because I am, and then he picked this as one of his songs, and it is a uh, what did you call it like like it's pop country kind of music, and I was like that's weird. I don't I didn't expect that from somebody who I already didn't expect to hear metal from. Right. But he said he said in his thing, you know, that the lyrics are so powerful, and it just it drives him back to these memories. And what happened was he played it, and I heard it. And this, uh, like some of the other ones we've talked about, this is a song I wouldn't have run into. I would just, like Charles Reynolds is the only intersection to this song for me. And then after I heard it with him, like twice now, since then I've heard it on the radio or like a store. And I stop and, I just stop and listen to the whole, whatever's left of it uh, uh, that's playing because it is devastatingly good, the lyrics. And as somebody who is super vulnerable to like really, really like sincere romantic lyrics, um, the song is Girl Crush, mm-hmm. and it's a song about a girl who wants to be closer to another girl because of how close she is to the boy that that she loves. <laughs> and so she like she would do anything to get a, an iota closer. And um, I was I was skeptical when it started, and by the end, I was like, that is a song that I'm going to probably remember. For the rest of my life, and I can't, of course, hear it without thinking of Charles Reynolds. So uh, let's hear it. I'm going to try to hold it together myself. <laughs> so Charles said, 
that is devastating and he is absolutely right um his episode was fun for me uh because i was i felt simpatico because you know like a kind of a non-obvious metal guy um <laughs> I, I i try to imagine him one of his songs is about he thought he might die in a mosh pit yeah yeah and i i try to picture charles reynolds in you a could mosh- base an entire Hollywood film around Charles Reynolds. In a yeah, honestly. Well, like, I just <laughs> Again, wanna, if you haven't listened to that episode. Like, I, I, I've been to metal shows. So I try, what happens is I end up picturing him, but then in a black T-shirt with, like, wristbands. And, like, and I just, I don't know if that's... Arms crossed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so uh, there was definitely, like, a connection there that I, that I had a real good time with. Um, the same thing happened. We haven't released the episode yet, um, but we had Joshua Johnson come mm. to, to do it live on the air. and 1A host, one, Joshua. The host Johnson. of 1A uh, from NPR, WAMU. And uh, I found out while he was here that he is also kind of into some of the same songs and media styles. You know, he he talks about growing up and realizing that, like, not a lot of the other black kids around him were into metal. Yeah. And that he had to navigate how to be into something that no one else around him is into. Um, so I felt there was some simpatico there. W- what guests did you have, uh, Mike, that you felt simpatico with? Um, maybe ones that weren't already friend, your friends before they came here. Hmm. Like after they came, you realize, hey, this is kind of – we're kind of um, – uh, Eric Riemann Schneider, mm-hmm. uh, artist. I really loved his episode and getting to know him through that. Episode I'd only, 40. I'd only cross paths with him in the world. You know, he's an artist. I, I knew him from the Alliance, but we, you know, we'd see each other at Publix. I had maybe spent – we maybe s- shared 50 words together in the time we knew each other and uh, I definitely felt simpatico with him um, can, I, also, can I real fast yeah, yeah. there's a neat intersection of guests here that I sent you in a text I think um, I went to Bennett's the donut shop and there are there are paintings on the wall oh right and they're yeah, yeah, by yeah. Eric Green yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one was um, uh, Robert Maycomer the author yeah um, he was he was um, 33 I, I'm, I'm like I, I could hang out with that dude um, uh, totally if you're listening Robert let's hang out um, uh, he, also, writes, he writts not in, like naval yeah naval history, history uh, adventure uh, yeah, novels sort of fiction but based very deeply in nonfiction. Yeah. Um, uh, Luke Century uh, glass artist out on Sanibel same thing I'd kind of cross paths with him over the time but I think he and I probably are very simpatico. Episode 24. Episode 24. And then um, um, uh, Kate Scales. I just thought she was great. And I, I wish her all the best out in L.A. We miss, we miss you, Kate. But, um, You know, we all just wish we could be your, like, you know, next door neighbor. For a long time. Um, <laughs> uh, for real. For yeah. a long time, Kate Scales was actually one of my example episodes when people would be like, you know, what should I listen to first? I would say listen to this one. It's episode 21. Um, and it's not like I don't suggest it still, but uh, Frank Mann is my new like, you got to start here and, yeah. then, and then you'll find your way. Um, but yeah, I also think that Kate got along. Like she she vibed her, well her with us. How about um, you, Jen Ray. I oh, met yeah, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. For some reason when I met her, I just New felt, York artist, yeah, Jen Ray. A, yeah, that's episode 35. I felt like a soul sister connection with her in a weird way even after the episode was over. I think it was just uh, Mike and myself uh, for the Jen Ray mm-hmm, episode. So mm-hmm. I was running the board and then just listening to her songs. I just I just felt the vibe and even her stories that she was mm-hmm. telling. I was like, yeah, you know, I can very much relate to you. So I felt very – yeah, those soul sistery vibes. Obviously, Angela Page. Uh, I do know her personally, <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we, we do uh, – even just – really, I've gotten to know her over the last year um, since I'm dating 
someone in her band. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's been great to get to know her. But, you know, just the the weird ways that our lives intertwine, uh, I've found very interesting. And obviously, Kate scales as well. Um, I just got to know her really from all the times that she's been on our shows and all the local scene and everything like that. It's just you kind of meet people and you get those immediate sort of bonds. And um, Frank Mann's episode, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I didn't think that I would relate with him as, on a personal level. You know, obviously yeah. he's a great storyteller, but that was very impactful. Yeah, I, I expected good storytelling out of him because yeah. that's kind of his thing, um, one of his many things. But mm-hmm. I didn't expect him to be so quite open. And he leaned for sure. He leaned in. way, way in. Yeah, he went absolutely. full in, and I appreciated that. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mentioned mine already. Um, Charles Runnels and and Joshua Johnson. Uh, the one from one of the people that I already knew, and so I kind of knew this going in, but Sinelli Popowitz. Mm-hmm. Right, so right. Um, that was the first one that we've released that I've done uh, for the show. And uh, Sinelli and I have always kind of been like friends that only see each other now and again, but we're like we immediately click. And so having him in, getting to know him even better, that like that was really fun. And um, we just kind of – we, we get each other without it, – it's probably frustrating for people around us because we don't, <laughs> we don't have to talk a lot to enjoy yeah. the conversation. I so, love that. Uh, and one thing I want to throw out there real quick before I forget is so we have the Joshua Johnson episode in the can. That's what we say in the can. <laughs> oh, um, oh, business um, speaking. Yeah, business making jargon. Um, so that's going to come out in like three or four weeks. And you know, we've done so f- more than 50 episodes now, yeah. three songs per episode. And Joshua Johnson's third song was the first repeat song yeah. that we've had. I'm not going to say what it is oh, okay. because we're going to leave that out there. <laughs> oh, if you didn't good, happen to hear the, idea, the episode Mike. live, it's a teaser. But uh, Joshua Johnson was our first repeat customer when it comes to picking a song, which we ex- figured would happen eventually. Yeah. So, yeah. And very different stories. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Oh, For the yeah. same song, which Definitely. I love that as well. Um, all right. So. Um, it's round three. Well, almost. Um <laughs> Okay, so you said that one of the things you loved that we did was um, Santa Bell Island Writers Conference. Yes. We're going to try to make an annual appearance as long as Tom DeMarkey lets yes. us. Yes. Um, that was super fun. Uh, uh, quick notes on like, well, like how did you enjoy doing our first live show? Um, how did I enjoy it? Like, In general, like what, what, what about it was great? Um, um, I loved that um, – it worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that sounds, sounds obvious, but, you know, A, it was a live show, had never done that before. B, we had three guests that yeah. each got to t- tell us stories. So that was a variable that we hadn't, ex- you know, done before. But, you know, there was this point at, you know, at some point, five, ten minutes in, I remember looking over at you guys and it was just like, it's working. Yeah. The audience is engaged. Everything's happening. That's when I knew. It, you know, the spark has happened. And um, and that was like suddenly the sky's the limit. I'm like, well, we can do this at anywhere. You know? That's what, yeah. When we we got up, we started packing our stuff at the table. And I looked over and I was like, we could do this next week if we had to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, everybody, March yep. 18th, it's a Monday night. Nice Guys Pizza. Surprise guest on stage, live, limited spots. RSVP at my song story at WGCU.org. Yeah. I will business. also make a Facebook event eventually as well yes. and now we will doing, tag nice guys up in that live event on march 18th uh, that's 2019 for people listening to this in the future <laughs> hi future people what uh, is it like <laughs> <laughs> um what about you tara being there in front of all that because oh. normally normally people only interact with you to the amount that you decide because you're a social media person yes. but we were we were at a table Right in front of the crowd. Yes, we were. Um, I knew that that was working when I saw how engaged the audience was and I saw how full 
that bleacher-like sitting area was because it was pretty much in like uh, what – it reminded me of like a high school auditorium kind of style. Um, And it was full of people and people kept coming in once they kind of realized what it was and they were singing along. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, they were singing singing along to the songs. Uh, That was one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that happened and has happened obviously is is we've – and it's – this is one of the things we've learned through the the year is, you know, (laughs) trying to get people to sing. You know, it it turns out to be possible. They say they won't and they they always do. And yeah, yeah, and um, and (laughs) one of our poet guests was like, all right, you're going to get me singing. And next thing you know, he starts singing Frank. Frank Sinatra because his mom sang Frank Sinatra and then the whole audience started singing Frank yes. Sinatra and I'm sitting there going, holy cow, He led us sing along and our he, live he, audience he, he sang from, along. You'll never get me to sing to, leaving, to leading a sing along with the audience. So yeah. That, and they sang most of magic. the song. <laughs> Frank Mann, same thing. Not going to sing. Not Ten seconds sing, later singing. Singing yeah. the Beverly Hillbillies theme song. Uh, which was one wonderful. Of, <laughs> one of our In the Can episodes that I'm not going to mention but a recent guest came in and oh, he, he looked end, right at Mike and said, nice not, try. Nice try. I'm not going to sing and then Richard put on a different song and, I and, made him and sing. he said well played yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made him sing so. stay tuned keep listening keep for that listening. one okay yeah, um, that's uh, that's uh, yeah that's a great episode that's coming up he yeah. he he, he He's, I'm not going to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, fi- okay, so my, my last question before we do songs. Well, let's do the songs. We'll do our third songs, and then I got one more question, and then I think we can wrap this up. Wonderful. So, okay. Uh, well, Mike- you, my third song, you mentioned uh, Angela Page before. Yeah. Uh, Angela Page, uh, local uh, musician. Um, she runs the studio down at um, uh, Sydney and Burn Davis Arts Center, episode four, one of our first episodes that we recorded. Founder of Love Your Rebellion as well. Founder yeah. of Love Your Rebellion. And she was one of the first episodes I went around. Like I have a new favorite episode because I loved it so much, <laughs> yes. and then of course that's happened like thirty times <laughs> since then. But I didn't know her at all, and she also dove in, and we had a great time. Um, but I'm, I've picked this song because I know exactly. This is not this is not a song that I'm ever going to come across again in the world. Same. I mean, if mm-hmm. I do, it'll be really, really, really magical and like holy. It'll be because I typed beep. it in YouTube in my office, and you hear it going. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Um, but it's a song that has followed me around for the past year in my head because I, you know, I can hear the song in my head and it'll like come out in weird places where I'll be like in line at Publix and I'll be like, you know, trying to be patient. Suddenly I'm singing Piccolo Amore, which is, you know, her and she's in her parents and they're on a road trip. And it's this tape that they played, which were the best songs from this Europe competition for each year in Italy and, and she yeah. would sing along with her parents and then one of her other stories was about singing along with her boyfriend and I was like where did you get that from and she's like oh my god I didn't even realize what you're you know, you know so it was just this beautiful thing and so it's this Italian song called Piccolo Amore and and for me it was that um, Angela Page is one of those people she came in she picked a great song with a great setting like we were right there in the car with her but she didn't think what was going to happen happened. And that is when the song ended, she was kind of choked. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, I didn't, I didn't think that this, and it's not a song that would choke you up otherwise. No, but like, I, I no. think it's though the fact that how the whole format of the show is, you know, they talk about that memory, but then we have them sit and listen to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, either they, you know, if, if you've listened in the past, you kind of 
get a little teaser of what it is or, you know, uh, they'll tell the whole story and then we listen to it. So really how it's kind of dictates, the, you know, yeah. the person dictates how the, the show goes. Yeah. And then, oh, God, and I not that we were going to fight about this. Ooh. We could have picked multiple. But I had an Angela song as well, Smashing Pumpkins. So I just want to at least shout out to that as well. So please listen to Angela's oh, episode if you really have good. not. Yeah, I love that story <laughs> as well. Um, so if you just you just have to listen to her episode to yep. hear that episode one. Episode four, Angela Page. Yeah. Angela Page. Okay, so uh, imagine being in a station wagon singing this song at the top of your lungs with your folks back in like the 80s. Yeah, and the other crazy thing is, um, you know, not only, and, and we've mentioned this during the show, but not only is the story they tell suddenly a memory that I sort of have by association, mm-hmm. but the act of doing the show becomes a new memory too. So like... Angela Page will hear that song in 30 years, and not only will she be in her station wagon with her parents, she will be in this studio with me. And that's just awesome that we we get to do that. Um, Who was it uh, we had uh, from the university? uh, Karen Feldman. Yeah. Um, When Karen Feldman came in and she did the song, you know, uh, for for her mother. Mm -hmm. The Frank Sinatra song. Yeah. I mean that, you know, so every time she hears that, Right, she said it, it. It just levels her. But I bet that that there is an additional memory now with it. That oh, absolutely. Levels her, and she also remembers this moment that she shared with us here. And so that was great. Yeah, right. Angela has told me several times this is one of the her favorite things that she's ever done. <sighs> and she's done lots of she's stuff. Done I mean, stuff. interviews and all kinds of like cool things, being recognized by so many different like huge, you know, music, fashion, whatever it may be. Swearing on WGCU. Yeah, swearing on WGCU. <laughs> we caught that. That was a fun time. Uh, another memory. Really bleeping gross. Yeah. <laughs> Really bleeping gross. I've got that uh, on my phone. We can play it right now if we wanted to. <laughs> um, oh, and just I got an email today from my 81-year-old aunt who had never listened to an episode before, and she just listened to the episode with Megan, my sister, and it, she said, well, that was the neatest thing I've ever done. Yay! Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just hey, listening to it. Just listening. Uh, <laughs> message from Richard Chinqui to Megan Canary and all of her friends who are still listening after her episode to this episode. Megan's is the most downloaded episode yes, so it far. Is. Yep. Yes, the it first is. one to cross 100 since we since we switched over to our metrics. So, and it's recent. And it's yeah, recent. it's only like three weeks <laughs> yeah. in. So, uh, so congrats, Megan. Your people uh, have, have pushed you to the top. So, you know, if you're if you're another guest listening, maybe call some people and make them download. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it it that is an incredible episode. And uh, I think that she did an incredible job of not only opening up in front of her brother, like yeah. that's not the easiest thing, but also you know she's she's not local, right? So <laughs> yep, um, yeah. She exhibited a, uh, a lot of strength. She yeah during the, the that session. Yeah. So um, all right, Tara Calligan, what is your third and final song? My third from and the year. final song from the year. Uh, I'm going to pull a Kate Scales song because Aww. I did uh, well. So Queens of the Stone Age. Um, Yay! <laughs> yeah, Queens of the Stone Age is one of my uh, favorite bands. So whether you love it or hate it, a lot of people aren't a big fan of Josh Homme, but that's you know neither here nor there, I think, when it comes to music sometimes. She had gone to this concert while she had bronchitis uh, with Tyler. I, I think they're married. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Sorry. I think that's her husband. Absolutely. They're part, yeah, pr- absolutely, Mike and I. <laughs> uh, so she said that she had bronchitis. She wasn't feeling well. She was sure. kind of pissed off at him that he was dragging her to the show, even though they love the band. They've seen him you know, several times. So you know, they're hanging out. She's doing what she can to stay hydrated. She said it's the best time that she'd ever seen Queens of the Stone Age show. She's like, all right, I'm going to run to the bathroom really fast. As she's running, literally running with bronchitis to the bathroom, and she says she never runs for anything, running to the bathroom, she hears that signature cowbell. It starts to go, dunk, 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 mm. dunk. We'll hear it in a second. Uh, 
she stopped dead in her tracks and a gentleman saw her stop dead in her tracks and she went to turn around and he was like, you go, girl, you get back to your spot. And she just booked it back over to Tyler and then enjoyed the heck out of that song. And then because the next like song, favorite song, right? Yeah, that's like her favorite song. It, yeah. Like she did not want to miss that song. So I have a personal story now. After this episode, I got quite sick myself. Uh, I was going to either a doctor appointment or the pharmacy. I can't remember. And I got in my car and I guess I was really rocking out to Queens of the Stone Age or I blame my roommate Tom because I thought he had maybe borrowed my car, I think, the night before and he was cranking the tune. So I turn on the car. It's still blaring <laughs> that song right in my face. And I did not expect it. So I was like, MF, all the expletives, <laughs> like turning it, trying to turn it down. And for some reason, it just kept turning up louder. I still love the song, but it just brings me back. I thought it was kind of funny that it was similar, both sickness-induced kind of memories for this song. You thought but, of Kate? Huh? You thought of Kate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, she went through this, so I can go through this. <laughs> let's hear Let's hear the cowbell. Perfection. As I just orchestrated that whole song, yeah, even the ending. in the studio, yeah. Perfectly. Uh, okay, so um, episode 21 with Kate Scales, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's one of her songs. Solid episode. It is a mm-hmm. really good episode. She's uh, she's just so fun. Uh, again, we miss you, Kate. Come back. <laughs> to visit. Uh, to visit. Succeed yeah, in L.A. Yes. Be, I'm, sure she, I'm sure that she Get will be nothing Get super, super popular and then have a guest house here. Yeah, yeah. and then reshare our episode. With you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, my third, my third song is from Cole Peacock's episode, which is episode nine. Um, Cole is—I um, don't know. Cole's a man about town. He's done. Oh, yeah. He's done and been all over here. And if you if you live in our area, then you know him. And if you don't, you might still have heard of him, believe it or not. Um, but he was he was so gracious to come and share a lot of his life. Um, and honestly, uh, I. It was one of the ones that, you know, after we release episodes, I listen to them on the weekend mm-hmm. while I'm driving around and doing stuff. And his was one of my favorite in the car ones to listen to. I think I drove a little slower that day just so I could hear it twice. Um, and his third song is one of the fir- earliest and most personal songs, I think, of the show. Like, like it, it was really um, vulnerable in a way that I know that he often isn't. Um, and Mike, you've been friends with him for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say the name of the song is Chicken Fried. And the reason that I picked it is because it's a song that I absolutely um, have not heard since then and won't probably hear again because it's it's pop country. And, you know, it's not really my bag. And even if it was, I don't I don't run against it very often because it's not what's on in my car or when I'm at home. So the odds of me hearing the song again in the wild, probably zero. Yeah. But um but it's it's part of my life now. Like it is a song that I listen to that song. It's in my phone. Like it is a song that I have listened to since then because I want to listen to it. And I can't not think of Cole Peacock when I hear it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, being pop country, if you don't have the story that goes with it, mm-hmm. the context is completely separate. Like there's no Yeah, re- it's relevance. a s- super powerful example of how context can take a song and, and you know, flip it to a, a degree of emotional content yeah. that is so much higher than you could ever imagine. Why don't you do a trailer version of – uh, well, you know, um, you know, um, I've known Cole since middle school. I've known his wife since elementary school. I've known his family for a long time. Uh, three or four years ago, his mom was sick. They had their 50th wedding anniversary. They played this song to the slideshow. It was a happy song then, and then she passed away, and then they played it at her funeral, and it was a super sad song. Yeah. yeah. 
Thank you. So this is one that, that stays with me. I love that he brought it. It was, it was a brand new show. This is our ninth episode. And, and when we were doing episode nine, we probably only had like one out, you know? So um, Cole didn't have to, to, to come with that. And it's not the kind of thing he would bring up in, you know, I mean, did, have you, do you see him doing that? When you guys are hanging around, like that kind of no, openness. no, absolutely not. No, that was definitely an example of wow. This is gonna, you know, if people are gonna be willing to take this seriously, then we're gonna go to some interesting and amazing places. So okay, so we're gonna listen to Chicken Fried, and then we'll wrap up here. And uh, yeah, let's do it. This is from episode nine, Cole Peacock. This is his third song, um, Chicken Fried. I don't well, who's the Zach other? Brown Band. There you go. So does. As someone who doesn't – I don't know Cole very well personally. I've only known him with his – he's an amazing supporter of, of public radio mm-hmm. and everything that we yeah. do here. So I've just gotten to work with him with, with from Pledge to Twisted Strings. He's our MC. He's just such a genuine person and he genuinely wants everyone around him to do well and be happy. Yep. And yeah. just something about his energy I've always just adored. So every time I get to see him, I just am immediately associated with happiness. It's infectious. When, when and that song – Honestly, like reminds me of him as a person. Yeah, just how gracious he is, how polite. But he's not doing it because he has to. It's he's, just who he is as a person. He's doing it because that's how his mom raised him. That's it's how true. his mom raised it's him. True. Yes, and honestly, he's just. And I mean, Rachel Peacock as well. I I just I love them both. His and bride. Yes, his, his bride. <laughs> I just I I don't know. They're such genuinely amazing people, and it's just that episode is wow. You know. Yep. Yeah. So um, I think I think that. When when that song started, after hearing him explain the context, I think Chrissy and I sat in the car, like just listening to the song, just in silence, mm-hmm. and just like wow. So, um, my last question is simply, what guest do you want for next year? Like who, who is on like the? If I could have somebody, just put it out there. Talia Schlanger from World Cafe. Absolutely. <gasps> oh, yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. We're going to drive to Philly Luke for that one. Luke Martin. <gasps> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, he used to work here at the station and we became instant friends like like in an hour. And he's at KPBS in San Diego uh, right now at the time of recording. And the next time he comes anywhere near this part of Florida, I'm going to snatch him up and we're going to do this. I would like – Honestly, to do an episode, I'd like to host an episode with my mother. We're doing that. Aww. Yeah, I really want to do that. Let's yeah. do that. that yeah. she, she's on the, she was on the year one list. Yeah. And so here we are going into year two. <laughs> yeah. That's priority. She is the queen of I have gone to every rock show, Tara, that you can never go to because you weren't even a thought in my mind at the time. So, yeah, I'm very envious of all of her musical journeys. So I'm very interested to see what her three songs would be. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, um, we will do this in post, mm-hmm. but I have um, picked our parting tune Aww, for this episode, you, and I'm going to play it right now. Okay. There will be credits and all that, but yeah. you guys, this is so cool. I'm so glad I'm doing it with you yeah. two. Thanks. I love it. We built this city. We make this show in the WGCU studios on the Florida Gulf Coast University campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Callaghan is online content producer. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus. And our theme song was created by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. 
This week's parting tune that popped into my head as we were winding down this episode is the song that has been most often chosen as the song our guests will avoid listening to if given a chance. And from what I've heard, it's not even a song that the band that made it likes. I did a quick Google search and found a GQ story from a few years ago that starts off, It has been playing ceaselessly for three decades now, and it will stay lodged in your brain like a barnacle made of synthesizers and cocaine for hours after you read this article. This is the true story of how we built this city. The most attested song in human history got built. Sounds like our guests have good taste in what tastes bad. Keep Keep listening. listening. (laughs) I'm keeping that. Next time on Three Song Stories. Hey, Mike. Hey there, Richard. How you doing? I'm doing great. My, how the tables have turned. Yes. um, And just, you know, we're going to break the fourth wall here briefly. Yeah. There is no try to host Three Song Stories, Richard. This is not a dry (laughs) run. This is it.